Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 122. In this episode, Brian and I talk to Andrew David Jachan of Madsoft about their latest game, Me and My Dinosaur. Me and My Dinosaur is a colorful platformer that looks to bring back the glory days of kid-friendly co-op games like Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You can see the teaser trailer as well as links to the website in the show notes to this episode on darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now on with the show. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on the Darkcast. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, pretty stressed out. Lots to do. Not as much time as I wish I had. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a universal case, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, whoever cool. designed days only put 24 hours in them, and I, I don't know why they did that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Such goes the life of an indie developer. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are here to talk about uh, your newly announced game, Me and My Dinosaur. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about who you are and and what you do. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do on the project? Uh, Sure. I'm the director and lead developer. Okay. I also wear multiple other hats that I don't use in my official title, such as game designer. and a UI designer, but at the moment my official title is just director and lead developer. Uh, I'm the one programming the game in its entirety from scratch. Oh wow! And uh, I that's direct the team. Very cool. And I guess I guess that's it in terms of what I'm doing on this project. If I were to tell you a little bit about myself uh, personally, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, I started developing games when I was ten, and I'm 27 now. So 17 years of experience, I guess. Uh, I had a bit of experience in the AAA industry. Um, I don't know if I should mention the studios. And uh, yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I won't. Um, okay. And then I moved on to working on my own projects with my own company, Matsoft Games. Oh, which I co-founded, by the oh, way. Fantastic. Actually, forgot to say that. Um, and I worked at a uh, studio in Quebec before I founded my company called uh, Juicy Beast. And together we developed uh, Burrito Bison and uh, Dale and Peacock, which are some really popular uh, Flash games, some of which have moved on to being on iOS and Ouya. And they're developing PS4 titles now. The latest title is Toto Temple, I believe. Very I don't know cool. if you guys heard of them, but I guess not. Yeah, I, I've not heard. That is a fantastic name for a studio, though. Juicy Beast. That's, yeah, I like it. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's, um, so after that, I moved on. Uh, I moved from Montreal to Edmonton. And uh, I'm working at my own studio, and we're working on Me and My Dinosaur, as well as several other titles. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now, um, how long have you guys, uh, how long has Matsoff been around? Uh, okay, so technically, 2008, when I met my co-founder, um, we registered the company together in uh, New York, in the U.S. I have a bit of a weird accent, by the way, so sometimes you won't understand things I say. 
but That's, you uh, you're doing fun right now. We're doing okay so far. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, then we we mostly did some client and marketing projects. We didn't do any in-house games, and then we kind of went on hiatus. And I went on looking at the several other companies. And then in 2011, we moved the studio from the U.S. to Canada. And then that's when we officially started working on our own titles. So I'd say almost five years now. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, now, how long has me and my dinosaur actually been in development? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a bit of a story. Um, well, that, I that guess is what the, we are here for. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess the iteration that we have now, the the PlayStation Four and upcoming one, the one we're teasing, um, has been in development since May 2015. So almost a year. Okay. But uh, the project itself technically has been in development since 2011, I think. Um, Initially, we started it out as a uh, Flash game for the web, and we built the entire... Do you know what Flash games are? Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some, some people don't know sometimes, so I have to explain that. Um, it started as a Flash game that we developed entirely, and uh, it was pretty much ready to go, but uh, the platform, I mean, Flash can't really handle as much. You know, the game's really big, and it's got... It has over 30 levels and so many mechanics. And uh, there was only so much we could do with the engine. And we thought, um, we're going to keep it on the back loader until we can figure out a way to do more with this. And then we'll release it. Because we had plans for some other games that would tie into it. So we thought we'd just like, develop the entire plan and then release all of that together. Okay. Um, but Flash slowly started dying. Uh, in the past few years, and we kind of moved on from Flash and started working on other projects. And okay. earlier this year, we picked up uh, the Unity engine, um, which is an engine that a lot of indie developers use nowadays. They develop for both PC and uh, console platforms. And uh, we decided, you know, if, if we're going to start working in the new engine, instead of Having to, to develop a new idea is already a lot of you know, intensive work, and at the same time, we have to learn a brand new engine, so that's doubling our efforts. So how about we take something we've already made and uh, rebuild that so that it's a learning process, and at the same time, uh, we get you know, a, a game that we're already familiar with and we already know how to polish and master. So we took Me and My Dinosaur and started completely over in the new engine, and... Uh, it's it's evolved into something much bigger than we anticipated. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I I guess you're kind of using it as a as your own uh, I guess kind of learning course to to figure out Unity and uh, you know figure out all the ins and outs and, and stuff like that. Since it's something that you kind of already know, obviously it's kind of taken on new life since then. But uh, yeah, very cool. So what is me and my dinosaur? Because besides the, the, the teaser trailer that was out that showed us the egg and then was like, hey, it's coming soon, there's not... There, I wasn't able to find a whole lot of information on, on, on what it is. Kind of run us through what, the, what this idea is that you're actually building. Sure. Um, 
I mean, it is called a teaser trailer for a reason. We oh, you guys teased teasing. it. Yeah. That, that was not an insult towards that trailer. You told us straight up what it was going to be at the beginning. I'm just saying uh, you did such a good job that I'm intrigued. Well, I'm glad. That's that's what we wanted. Um, so what what we're teasing is, well, I guess I should. Let's see. Okay, what should I? What can I say? I'm looking at <laughs> my other team members, and they're like, no, 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 no. Um, um, what I can say is that uh, it's just, it's a game where you play as a boy and his pet dinosaur, um, and it's kind of reminiscent of the days when I don't know if you have any siblings, brothers or sisters, but when I was a kid, I had two younger brothers, and I would play NES games, and uh, my younger brother would sit next to me and point at the screen and tell me, you know, he'd be a bit of a, a what are these called, backside... Backseat driver? Yeah, a bit of a backseat gamer, right? And yeah, sometimes that, that was me. me. Uh, yeah. I, I had two older brothers, and so I, I was that younger brother doing that, because right. I was terrible at the games. Yeah. And, but I, I still wanted to have some kind of input. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And every once in a while, there'd be these games where there's a uh, a second player can drop in, but doesn't actually affect the game that much. For example, uh, Sonic 2, where the second player could jump in at any time and play as Tails. Yes. And Tails technically is invincible. He can't die. Doesn't really affect the gameplay in any way other than helping Sonic fly across some sections sometimes. And it's it's a great way to get your younger sibling involved in the game without having them completely mess up your playthrough. And we're kind of going with that, where you get to play as both Hunter and Rex, and you control Rex using uh, indirectly using items. But if a second player jumps in, uh, they can control Rex with these items, and the player no longer gets access to these items instead. Um, so then you're kind of playing together, but like the second player isn't like 100% uh, in control as much as the first player is. And it's a fun game to play with not only a sibling, but say a child if you have uh, a five or six year old or whatever. I'm not really good with children ages, but y you know what I'm saying, right? Sure, yeah. No, I've, I've played um, the, the new Mario uh, games with my nieces and, or niece and nephew and that is the most infuriating thing of of all time when like i'm trying to play the game and they're just you know killing me by by jumping on my head and throwing me down into yeah. infinite abysses so yeah the ability to like play with somebody introduce them but have them not mess up my game that sounds fantastic <laughs> yeah and i missed those days so we thought we'd give that a shot um and i guess overall uh it's a puzzle platforming game you have the you know, pretty standard platforming puzzles, um, some tight jumps, but we try not to make it too uh, twitch reflex type platforming because it is intended uh, for kids a bit and to play with kids. So if we put, like, if we make it the platforming like Super Meat Boy, then, you know, it's a great game, but kids are not going to pick that up because sure. it's just too, you, you don't have these reflexes developed yet. Um, but we do have, you know, puzzles where you have to use both characters and figure out how they work together. Hunter can ride Rex. Uh, Rex is invulnerable to damage. 
Hunter can jump and Rex can't jump. So you have to use all these different moving pieces and figure out how to get across the, the level together. Um, what kind of dinosaur is Rex? <laughs> a T-Rex. Oh, okay. All right. How did, just out of curiosity, how did that, like, relationship work out? Um, well, <laughs> in, in the game, Rex is more like, uh, more like a dog. I guess. I mean, he, he actually, he barks, and uh, you control Rex by <laughs> dropping bones, and Rex chases them, so that's how you make him go to points. That's so awesome. It's, it's literally, he's basically a giant, stupid-looking dog. He's like Dino <laughs> from the Flintstones. Yes. Gotcha, oh, okay, okay. okay. That is amazing. Oh. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so... Uh, Hunter kind of stumbles upon the egg and uh, raises it secretly, so which is why it kind of grows up to be more like a dog because it's not in its natural habitat. Hmm. To to be fair, it I mean, it couldn't be in its natural habitat because technically they're extinct. <laughs> but yeah, for the it's sake a small of the, technicality, you're right. It's yeah, <laughs> well, you gotta suspend your disbelief. <clears throat> and. Uh, so he raises it, and then when his parents find out, um, well, some things happen, and you go on an adventure with Rex. Okay. Basically, yeah. So, how does the the balance kind of work, and and how does it? Obviously, it kind of makes sense, you know, when when a second player is controlling Rex, mm -hmm. um, they obviously are can controlling Rex. Uh, do you control Rex just by throwing bones and having him kind of go over there? Or, or how do you, as the, the main character, interact with, with Rex? Uh, yes. you. Well, you have multiple items, which we're calling uh, dino treats. Um, there's the bone, the pyro pepper, and the jumping beam. So basically... You drop the bone anywhere on the screen. So if you're playing on a PlayStation 4, you can use the touchpad. And then whatever you touch on the touchpad, it's relative to the screen, and it drops a bone. And then the, like the bone spawns there and then drops down to, until it hits the floor. And Rex just tries to run to that point. Uh, if there's a wall in his way, then he stops. If there's enemies, then um, they basically uh, fly off the screen because he's just stomping on them. And if there's obstacles, then he can destroy them. Not all of them, but a few. And uh, the other two items, the pyro pepper makes him spit a fireball, which allows, him, which allows you to burn certain obstacles of enemies. And the jumping bean makes him toot so that he can jump <laughs> to some <laughs> platforms. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to go with... Uh, the word toot rather than fart because that makes it the game seem less vulgar. Sure. Um, but I think kids will... That's what that's the use we word for the, the, the word we use for my kids too, so that totally makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, and that's the three items you use uh, on Rex mostly. You can also use the environment uh, switches, buttons, levers, etc. Move platforms around to, to you know, to, to position Rex. Um... But it's it's all indirect control, so you never like you can never like just push the D pad and make him move around. 
Okay. Makes sense. So uh, how is how does that balance kind of work when uh, a second player has has taken control of Rex? Are are you having to direct the other character of like, hey, go over there and do that, or can you kind of do most things still as the the main character? Um, well, the main character doesn't get access to these items anymore. Okay. So you can't use the items to control Rex anymore, but depending on how smart the second player is, um, you'd either have to tell the second player to use certain items all the time, or the second player can kind of figure it out on their own. Okay. But uh, the switches and the buttons and the platform environment manipulation will still have to be done by the first player. So you have to tell the second player, like, oh, can you stand right here so that when I push the button, that platform goes up. And so you're working together. There's a lot of communication involved. Hmm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I assume that's all um, local co-op. Yeah. I don't think it would work with online sure. gameplay. Um, it's really meant to be, play, to be played with a child or a sibling or a niece or... Uh, uh, a friend, I guess, depending on your ages. And playing online, I feel, kind of ruins that communication aspect. You can't point at the screen and just be like, hey, can you stand over there? You have to like try to explain it over the mic, and it's, it's a little more complicated. And so in the case of there being only one player, it's more just you kind of moving Rex, dropping the items that you need to, to have him do what he needs to do there, and then kind of continuing along on your way. Yeah. Yeah, you um, you control Hunter directly like any regular platformer, and then uh, you just drop bones, uh, use items, push switches, etc. Nice, very cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I think hopefully I'm explaining things clearly yeah, enough. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I did kind of notice, I, I know the the game is kind of you know freshly announced, and there's not a whole lot that uh, you can kind of talk about because it's kind of in teaser mode right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just kind of looking at your guys' website, uh, you get you guys have a lot of games in the uh, on the stove or in the, in the oven or whatever you call it when you're you're making a lot of things at once. The and I see I see your picture on like all of these games. Yeah. Like that how do you how do you do that? There's like what, one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six games that you're involved with right now? That's that's a lot. <laughs> uh yeah, well, a few of these are in games, but we do have some games that are not on the website. Okay. Um but I mean uh, I don't know, it's just you just have to be able to manage your time. What's what's great about working on multiple projects is uh, you don't get bored. Like a lot of, uh, a big issue for developers, or at least for me, I find is if I'm staring at, so a game can take between just a few months to six years to develop. And if you're just staring at the same game and the same code for six years, you're going to go crazy. Like there's just, it's just, you, you get sick of it at some point. As much as you love the game, you love the concept, you love the mechanics, it's just writing that code, you have to do something else at the same time to 
kind of get let that code sit in your subconscious, let that handle it, and focus on something else for the sake of keeping your sanity. And when you're working on multiple projects and you switch between them regularly, um, when I come back to a project that I stopped working on to focus on a different one, I come to it with a fresh mind and then I'm capable of figuring things out that I couldn't figure out before because I let my subconscious kind of handle it. And that allows for a rapid development, I guess, of multiple projects at once. Sure. I think that's called a development fatigue, actually. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that sounds right, anyway. Um, that's that's really cool. Uh, now, since you guys have announced um, My Dinosaur and Me, what's the kind of, I guess, time frame for the game? Or are we looking at being able to play this this year? Um, what What kind of is your projection for people getting their hands on it? Um, yeah, we we are aiming. We are aiming to launch this year. Um, I'd say fourth quarter of twenty sixteen. Okay. Uh, we don't have a specific date yet. Um, sure. And we do plan to release some teasers and do some uh, testing beforehand, and that will kind of give us a bit more of an idea uh, for the release day. Because sometimes you think a game is ready, but after some testing, you realize that there's a lot of uh, bugs that you missed that you couldn't have caught yourself because you're already really good, good at playing the game. Sure, sure. Uh, we do have a, an announcement to do next week, though, regarding the game um, that will directly affect the, the release date announcement. Um, but I can't say that right now. Okay. Yet, so just have to wait till next week for that. Gotcha. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Now the the game is coming out uh, for PlayStation, uh, Mac, and PC. Correct. Yes. Um, do you have any plans for for other consoles, or is there a particular reason you're you're going with the the PlayStation Four? Um. Okay. Sure. I can. I can talk about that next. So what's... We're releasing on the PlayStation 4 first as a timed exclusive. Okay. Uh, so it's PlayStation 4 first, and then three months later, we're releasing for uh, PC and Mac on uh, Steam and the Humble Store and GOG, etc., all these various platforms. <clears throat> but we... The, the reason we chose those platforms is because uh, the item manipulation in the game requires some kind of mouse or uh, touch input equivalent. And obviously the computer has a mouse, the PlayStation has a touchpad, uh, but the Xbox doesn't have anything that's, that's kind of the equivalent. It has the Kinect, but like, I don't really want to have to wave my hand around to, to place items. Down on the ground. That could that could yeah. be annoying. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we decided for this project we're not gonna do uh, the Xbox uh, uh, the Xbox One. Uh, we did want to do the Vita, but developing th for the platform is a bit tougher than we expected. So uh, we decided to just this is our first console title, so we'll just play it safe and just go with the PS4, which I'm already familiar with. And then, after that, 
maybe our next titles can be on different platforms. Um, and I did say touch input input equivalent, which obviously the first thing that comes to your mind is the the 3DS and the Wii U because they're both touch touch screens. And this kind of game, I don't know. Do you know uh, a boy and his blob? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, yeah, and that's that's a Nintendo game. A lot of people are comparing Mia Minasaur to that game just because of the concept. Um, and I mean, I agree to to a certain extent um, that it's it's a, a bit similar. So obviously, uh, publishing on Nintendo would be the ideal. Like it would make sense. It's for kids. It's it's it plays with a touch input and it's sim- input and it's similar to an old game they had on there. But um, we we we're kind of in talks with Nintendo, and we're not like I feel like they'd be more comfortable uh, working with us uh, after we've released the game because um, they're a bit stricter, right? They're not mm-hmm. as open as the other platforms, and they want to make sure that uh, the game we make for them is is worthy, kind of, I guess. Um, so they're playing it a bit more safe, which is fine. Uh, I have nothing against that. Uh, so we'll we'll release for these platforms first, and then we'll you know we'll talk to Nintendo and we'll be like, look, the game is is doing fine. If it does, fine, and maybe then we'll be able to develop a Nintendo version of it. <clears throat> nice. And you never know if the rumors are true that you know they're not gonna, they're going to stop manufacturing Wii U's this year. Then you know maybe maybe it's the... <laughs> maybe developing it for something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe the next uh... one. <laughs> so it it might be better just overall to to wait until then. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's that's about it regarding the platforms. Very I don't know if I missed anything. I don't think so though. No, no. I think you covered all that. Um, do you have any other like since there, there's not a lot of information out about the game? I'm not sure what else. Um, I can ask, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about the game um, before we, we move on to the uh, the final kind of fun questionnaire stuff? Uh, let's see. Hmm. I don't... I don't think so. Okay. I think that's Fantastic. everything. Yeah. All right, well, Brian, take it away. All right, well, like we said at the beginning, we like to kind of end with a questionnaire we call the end game. Um, it deals more with you than kind of with the project or the game itself. Um, so feel free to, you know, to, to answer. Uh, go with your gut. Uh, find out, you know, what's really inside of you with these questions. Um, so okay. question number one, um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Uh, I mean, that's not a very fair question to ask a, a game developer. <laughs> it uh, is totally fair. Hundreds of I, times I've answered this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's right. true. Um, I guess if I were to pick one, I'd say Solid Snake. I think there's just something about me and uh, old badass characters. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Red or... Uh, that one incarnation of Batman where he's coming out of retirement and he's like 50 or 60 years old and he has gray hair. And Metal Gear Solid 4, 
when you play as Old Snake, it just it's just so badass, and I just can't I can't exactly tell you why I I really like that. Um, but I think the character himself has evolved a lot throughout the. It's kind of like a soap opera, so you see him go through all the different stages of life, and it's just a very interesting character to examine um, narrative-wise and gameplay-wise and game design-wise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Those the, the it, Especially since we don't see it that much, the idea of kind of the aged character and, and what they're capable of, especially when you get into something like, like Red, where, you know, Bruce Willis's character is kind of retired, or uh, you kind of have Old Snake, um, who's who's actually going through kind of an aging process because of the uh, uh, the the fox die. Um, that that kind of stuff is is always super interesting because you always like to see how how somebody who is not kind of at their peak would handle those same situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, question number two is going to flip the coin. Who's your favorite antagonist? Ooh, okay. Oh man, my favorite antagonist. I I don't know. I really can't think. Like I'm drawing a blank completely right now. I'm trying to think back of games I've played recently, or games that I enjoy, like uh, Devil May Cry. And I just can't think of. Who's the first bad guy that pops into your head? First bad guy that pop. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but uh, the that guy from uh, Tekken. I've I haven't played Tekken, so I don't know the characters. But uh, the the I... crazy dude with the the gray hair who like jumps out of volcanoes. Yes. Heihachi. Yeah. For some reason, if you just yeah. tell me like what's the first villain that comes to mind, it's that guy. He's like the everything. If you just look at him, it's like. Obviously, this is like the most bad guy of bad guys, but I don't know what his story is or what. That's okay. I mean, he looks nuts, so that is perfectly understandable. I mean, the fact that you cannot can identify him as the bad guy by just looking at him, I think, says everything you need to know about that dude. That he's just, <laughs> he is a bad dude in a world full of bad dudes. Like that's the guy you pick out of the lineup and go, yeah, he probably did it. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, if if a favorite antagonist comes to mind, I'll let you know as we go. No problem. Um, question number three. Uh, since you, you know you're kind of on the side of making video games, um, is there any uh, kind of uh, trend um, in video games today um, that's not quite as as large as you think it should be? Anything that's kind of maybe on the outside or or, or being started by like kind of indie devs that you think should uh, should 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 be given the chance to kind of grow bigger? Um, hmm. Let me think. I'd say, well, common uh, recent trends are mobile games, similar to you know those terrible like single touch games like Classy Road and Flappy Bird. Um, there's the procedurally generated games, the survival Minecraft-type games, uh, the games that rely heavily on crafting. But all of those are being explored pretty widely right now. Um, 
I can't think of any specific smaller trend that's that's really starting to boom, but that isn't big enough or isn't being explored properly. Um, no, do you can think of that maybe you haven't seen in a while that uh that you'd like to see again? Um, well, I mean, I guess uh, if I were to um, what is what's the expression expression for this? Stroke my own ego. I'd <laughs> sure okay. I'd say uh, the what we're doing with me, me and my dinosaur, which is getting having a, a feature in there that allows um, a brother or sister or a child to play with you without really affecting your game that much. Um, I haven't seen that in a long time, which is kind of why we're doing it. Um, that's that's fair. If they could just make it so that when you're running around in Mario, you're not you don't actually bump into the other characters. Like I think that would be a good compromise. But actual like making it so not only that they don't hurt you, but they I, I don't know. There, there's no impedance to you playing. That that would be nice. Because yeah, I, but, I'm gonna I'm I mean, gonna agree with you. <laughs> that doesn't really answer your question. I mean, your first question. That's so. Man. No, that's fine. I mean, that you know that that works. It, it's something that that you definitely don't see a lot of, um, and it would be neat to see, especially you know, kind of people try to incorporate that. Sure. Okay. I mean, it definitely works for me. Um, yeah. The second, uh, the, the next question uh, again, kind of flips the coin on this. Um, is there anything that that's uh, going on in video games today? Any kind of trope that you'd like to see just go away? Something that's maybe overused. Oh, so many. Okay. <laughs> this one, on the other hand, I have a lot of answers for that question. Um, let's. How about I pick a few and discuss them? Do we have time for that? Absolutely, go for it. Okay. Um, the survival type game that's online, similar to uh, Ark and Rust and. The six hundred thousand others that are any of the, the myriad of games out there, like the I believe the the newest one is like the Culling. Yeah, right. So all of these, it's a really cool idea. Don't get me wrong. I think the 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 first one that I recall um, seeing that did that was uh, the Daisy mod. The the idea that you're all surviving together on one server, and then when you die, you die. It's just boom and death. It's a great idea, but because everyone is just taking that basic idea and doing the same thing with it and just adding their own small twists to it doesn't really allow the... You know, that kind of answers the first question, too. It doesn't really allow that concept to grow past its own boundaries. Like, this is the idea. Everyone wants to do that one thing, and, you know, some of them have a few different things about it, but it's always, like, that one same game. And there's just so many of them. It's it's a bit frustrating to see like that. Creatively, they could do so much more with it, but instead they just want to do the same thing over and over. So that's one. And I know games take mm-hmm. a long time to to make. So the I, obviously when they you know it's it's clear with a lot of these um, with the way they come out that the germ kind of sprung up a while ago and that they've been working on it. And in that meantime, there's been just a ton that have kind of sprouted around it, um, yeah. but I, I and I know things also kind of work in, in like cycles and stages. So 
it's interesting to see see that stuff kind of come around um, when it first happens, but then by the time we're at this point, it's like you're almost surprised that a new game coming out does not contain those things. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Um, another thing, I guess I don't want to get too much into the the the, the politics of you know representation in games. Uh, so I'm just gonna pick one very specific thing, and just use that as like the trope. Um, let's go with uh, what is that called? Uh, chest chest plate boobs. Is that what it's called? Okay, uh, like the female armor. Yeah, the female armor that's shaped like boobs. That's so, actually, that actually in real life would be physically dangerous to the person wearing it. it yes, it would because it, when when <laughs> someone if someone targets you with a, a blade or a spear, at that point, the the concave shape would just direct the pointy bit right to the center of the chest, so it can easily pierce right through. Which is, I mean, it's a game. Of course, you're supposed to suspend your disbelief. Belief, I get that, but I'm just using that one point as a as a center as a centerpiece of like all these things kind of add up and there's a lot of tropes around those and maybe we don't need to do it as much anymore absolutely yeah. I yeah, totally agree with that absolutely well, uh, there, there is a comic out there um, I, I don't know who it may have been Dorkly that uh, did it and basically there's a, a, a lady who's wearing kind of you know, traditional like video gamey fantasy armor where it, you know really doesn't cover anything. And there's a guy in you know kind of traditional medievally looking armor where it's you know all kinds of metal everywhere. And uh, the girl saying that it's not fair that she wears that. And in the next scene, there's a guy like that guy wearing the female armor, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is so freeing!" <laughs> I always found that to be really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can actually move now. That's. I think it is Dorkly. Um But yeah, no, that. Pretty, yeah, it's it's just funny to look at it from like both kind of perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Well, next question. Yeah. Um, you've been making games since you were ten, which is yes. awesome. Um, is there anything else? If you had no restrictions, any other kind of profession you'd love to try? Uh. Directing a movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, any kind, kind of, of specific, any kind of genre? Uh, no. I mean, just like this is—it's already what I do in games, I guess. But um, so that's not a very like over-the-top response. Um, but I—I I am up for like trying out different genres. Um, but you know, let's—if I were to go with something more ridiculous or something that's kind of less in line with what I already do, I'd say maybe a and a professional skateboarder or an airplane engineer. Oh, Those are two very disparate things. That is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, that's... Uh, why, why airplane engineer? Uh, because that's for some reason was the profession I had picked when I was a kid. 
you know, oh, okay. you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be that. And then I ended up not doing that at all. <laughs> and and the, the original idea was, um, I have an older half-brother, and he is a pilot. Um, and he was a pilot when I was really young. And my idea was, I'm going to engineer the planes, and then you're going to fly them. But, you know, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> No, oh, but having two siblings, it definitely I I can I can understand how that kind of thought process would uh would kind of go together. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next question. Um, uh, the penultimate question. Um, if you could go back and play any game for the first time, uh, what would it be? Donkey Kong sixty four. Ooh. Really. Yeah. I just because I mean I was at like just the right age when when that game came out. Um and it's just I remember what the first time I put the game into the, the my N sixty four and it was magical to me because it was the first kind of three D platformer collectathon type game I played and it's I'm not, I don't even know how to d- describe the feeling because it's something I felt once so many years ago. And, you know, once you experience, it's no, no longer magical. So I've played a, a bunch of them since, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, Mario 64, et cetera, et cetera. But it's never been, like, the same as my first experience with Donkey Kong 64, which had, like, so much content to offer. And I'd play it day and night, nonstop for months, and it's just it's just the game, you know, that I'd like to re experience that that magical moment again. Absolutely, that sounds great. That's the first time I think we've ever had like a a Donkey Kong game pop up as as something that somebody'd like to go back through. That's that's fantastic. Um, hmm. Final question: um, okay. At the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is there with the Book of Our Deeds. What would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? What would he like I say to me? Like, what do you... I don't know. You know, before he lets you in the gates to the Mushroom Kingdom, like, what would you... As a passing comment, like, hey, you did all right. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> Hello! <laughs> so yeah, that was my best Toad impression. I'm not really good at it. Um, I man, I don't know. Just I don't. I don't think I would care either way. Cause I'm, if I were at like that place and it's like, oh, I made it, I'd just be like, whatever, Toad, get out of my way. So completely <laughs> indifferent to Toad. That yeah. is a first. Okay, excellent. Just indifference. Just like That's just great. move, man. You're taking up space. <laughs> All you ever did was tell me the princess was in another castle anyway. Like, just get out of the way. Just, I don't need you. <laughs> but give me some of those shrooms. Those are sweet. Um, <laughs> Game yeah. changing. Great. That, 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 that is a perfectly acceptable answer and one we've not gotten before. Uh, but that's it. You answered all the questions. Um, you did a great job. Thank you so much. We don't have any prizes to give away at the end here. Um, but... Um, because oh. we finished it, Jonathan can uh, can kind of take us home. Okay. 
All right, well, Andrew, thank you again so much for, for joining us, and thank you for talking about me and my dinosaur. If you could let our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Sure. Uh, Meandmydinosaur.com is the website. Uh, at the moment, there's only a teaser there, but uh, we will be updating it soon with more information. Uh, you can also find Me and My Dinosaur on Facebook. And... Uh, our Twitter account is just MadSoft, twitter.com slash MadSoft. If you have any questions or anything that you know, you'd know you like to discuss, just tweet at us. We always answer. Um, yeah, and that's, that's about it. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, and good luck as you guys continue development on the game and kind of going forward and, and doing all the various projects that you're working on. Wish you the best of luck, and we'll talk to you again sometime. <laughs> all right. Cool, thank you for having me.